HMP. What a day it is. It is November 8th of 2022. It is a day when uh, one way or another, or maybe multiple ways, history is going to be made today. Hello, Dan. How are you doing, Buzz? It is election well, day. I know. Uh, are you nervous? I'm never nervous, Buzz. You got to believe, Buzz. You just got to believe that whatever happens, happens and you move on. And uh, yeah, I'm concerned about certain things, certain ways it could break. But I don't at this point, I can't control that. So I can only control whatever happens. So you got to just fight on. Well, I got to I got to remember that if I can't control it, I shouldn't worry about it. I'm writing that down. I'll <laughs> probably lose that piece of paper before the email. Well, today it is going to be historic today. And one reason it's going to be historic today is because there's an extraordinary slate of competent women. Um, and, you know, I'm not somebody who believes that by virtue of birth, your genitalia defines your competency. So I'm not celebrating that slate just because they are women and therefore better candidates. I am celebrating the fact that finally the glass ceiling in Massachusetts in terms of an elected governor um and other positions is going to be broken and one of the people who i um on that slate it is uh not a statewide but it's a district-wide really important uh, position is tara jacobs who is calling in from um berkshire county and tara how are you today i'm having a great day so far and happy to be here with you it makes the day even better so you are running for Governor's Council District 8 to represent us on that important um, thing. I really want to congratulate you and probably exploit you once again. One of the things you've done in your campaign is time after time, appearance after appearance, interview after interview, you have been an educator teaching people not just what the Governor's Council does and what its history is, but also why it's important. So before we go on, you were just with us last week, but give people once again a little education about what that position means to them, to this region, um, to each voter. I'm happy to do it. I, I, I'm all about trying to boost the awareness for the Governor's Council, and the more people know about it, the happier I'll be. Um, so Governor's Council is eight members, and I am running to represent District 8. And they are the, the group that is responsible for confirming every single judge we have across the state of Massachusetts, up to and including the Supreme Judicial Court. They choose who serves us on our parole board. They weigh in on pardons and commutations and choose our clerk magistrates and assistant clerk magistrates. Um, and a bunch of other really important uh, things, mostly related to our judiciary. And they serve as advice and consent to the governor and sort of a check and balance on the executive branch in our state. So the work they do is so important. And I'm very much hoping to have uh, a win tonight to be able to do this work and represent Western Mass and hopefully work towards increasing the diversity on our bench and on our parole board and, and work towards equity solutions and, and bring more transparency, awareness, and accountability to the work the Governor's Council does. And I know in previous conversations we had, you sort of defined diversity. Of course, racial and gender diversity is important, um, as is sexual orientation. But you said diversity is also regional. How do you define diversity? Yeah, it's the things you already mentioned, but um, I add to that also, I, I value diversity of perspective and experience. So, um, you know, looking at our current bench, it tends to be heavily weighted towards um, people with a, a, um, experience in um, working as a prosecutor, um, shows up far more frequently than other backgrounds. And I'd love to see a more diverse um, bench from that standpoint as well. I'd love to see more um, public defenders and uh, maybe people who practice family law or, or other, other forms of law. And, and also, um, to what you mentioned regionally, um, I'd love to see us have 
um, people serving on the bench who really are connected to and from the communities they're serving have an understanding of the challenges that are uniquely Western Mass um, and by community. And, and so that's another factor, too, that I, I really value and, and I hope to be able to confirm more people representing sort of that, that breadth of diversity. And I would much rather talk about you than your opponent, but I think we have to mention the name Comerford in these parts is widely respected because Joe Comerford is a tireless, intelligent, uh, progressive senator who advocates for her constituencies every minute of the day. I have nothing but respect for her. So your opponent shares that same last name, doesn't he? It is an unfortunate coincidence, <laughs> indeed. Uh, and we've done everything we can. Joe and I have worked together. We've come on. We've come on your show to to do what we can to dispel any confusion. There's absolutely no relation. They're not related in any way. And uh, from a value standpoint, they couldn't be farther apart. Um, Joe, I, I can. You said so many wonderful things, and I, I couldn't. I couldn't stop sharing and, and expounding myself on um, how lucky we are to have Joe Comerford um, on the Senate representing um, your district. And uh, meanwhile, we have another Comerford who wants to be a governor's counsel. And like I mentioned, they are in charge of selecting our parole board. He doesn't even really believe in parole. He doesn't think that we should be giving parole or pardons or commutations. And and uh, a bunch of other unfortunate beliefs he shared that fly in the face of what I know Joe and, and I believe we, we deserve as a community and a state um, to have a fair representational judiciary. Indeed, your, your opponent is Republican John Comerford and it's all about crime, crime, crime. And that's, that's why he thinks uh, it's important. He has contributions to make to make sure um, those criminals stay in jail, and uh, uh, we don't want any, you know, knee-jerk liberal judges letting them out. So we'll just get judges who uh, have an aversion to, you know, uh, sentences that allow people a second chance. So uh, we are. Yeah, I mean, um, some of the things he said, he doesn't really even believe in uh, innocent until proven guilty. It's sort of like backing the blues so hard they don't make mistakes, and if you did it, if you got arrested, you must have done it, and he wants you to do your time. So, yeah. So, you have a, a choice, folks. <laughs> vote for Tara Jacobs or vote for 1627 and the Salem Witch Trials. It's your choice, but um, I'm, I know where I'm going. I'm going for Jacobs all the way. So, uh, what about the rest of the state ballot for you, um, Tara? Where, where, have you voted yet today? I did vote today. I started off my day voting, and um, and I uh, was very happy and proud to vote um, the entire Democratic slate, who are such strong, smart, competent women, and historic moment. If we win the state house with our democratic slate, it literally will be the first time in the entire nation to have an entire female administration team. Well, and Bill Galvin, <laughs> but every, all women and one man. Um, but it it will be historic and unprecedented. And I feel so lucky to have been on the ballot with them. Yes, that's really great. So, anything you want to talk about in terms of the questions that we were asked to? Uh to um, vote on you, you do not, unlike our, uh, many of our listeners in uh, Franklin first and, and Hampshire first who have a question five dealing with the carbon fee, um, uh, you had the four questions and um, how did you do with the four questions? I did, I only had those four questions. I voted yes all the way down for every single one of them. I've actually had friends calling me throughout the day as they're heading towards the ballot to, wit to check in and see uh, what they're about and what I thought. And so I've been, I've been sharing the vote, vote yes down the line with my friends who've been calling. Um, and I, I actually have seen um, posts 
from the Republican side saying no all the way, which only just uh, reaffirmed for me that I was on the right track. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Dan, have you voted yet? Oh, Buzz, of course. Of course, I do that in the morning, Tuesday morning. That's what I do before I come to work. There we go. After. There we go. Were the polls crowded in Amherst? No, no, polls were not crowded. Nope. I mean, it's it's hard to be crowded at a 10 to 8 a.m., but uh, things were well organized. People were masked. It was very efficient. I got in there. I waited um, two seconds to get uh, my ballot, and that's it. And uh, it worked really well. Yeah, it was great. So, Tara, how, how does it feel to be on the ballot? I mean, I, I'm sure there's nerves. Are you rethinking your campaign? Are you, what does a candidate think the day that uh, her name is being entertained by voters? Yeah, it's a really strange and wonderful day. It's, oh, it's amazing to see your name on the ballot. Um, I've run locally as a school committee member a couple of times, so it's not the very first time I've, I've gotten to vote for myself. But um, this campaign is unlike anything I've ever done before, and it's been nine solid months of such hard work and so many great um, community uh, connections that I've made throughout this this long, long campaign season, and I feel like it's a little surreal. It's, it's, I'm walking on air a little bit in, in anticipation of some hopefully good news tonight, but also I've been I've been going on adrenaline for so long that uh, it's um, it's it's just a kind of a surreal feeling to finally have come through, uh, even though we've been counting down those days for weeks. Um, to finally be here on, on the actual election day that I've been walk, working so hard for. And, and I've definitely um, spent a little time just sifting through the, the best moments and memories from the campaign trail, and there were so many of them. And um, I did so much that it's, it's, uh, it's, it's an interesting exercise just to go back through and, and remember all the people I've met and the places I've been and the, the people I've spoken to and, and, and sometimes it's the really spontaneous ones. One of the ones that popped into my memory this morning when I was brooding uh, was I, I was at a diner and, and I noticed an entire table of Red Hat Society ladies. You know what that is? Have you ever seen that? No. It's like, it's like older. No. It's, an, it's, a, it's a social club for older ladies and they all wear red hats. Like and they, ha they get together and they have fun. And it was a big table of Red Hat ladies and I went over there and at that time, I was toting around tote bags filled with these little bags of candy with my, my campaign business card stapled to them. I gave them all little bags of candy and told them about Governor's Council and, and wished them well and asked for their vote and their support and everything. And as I went away, two more tables as I walked away were like, that was so cool what you just did. I love how you talked to them. And I learned something listening in. <laughs> There's so many random moments like that that were just super special and fun and spontaneous and you know, i was just well, about to a little bit go ahead sorry Dan. no i was just about to ask you if there was a moment on the campaign trail that sticks with you and then you just shared it so thank you you anticipated my question <laughs> <laughs> well i i think um <clears throat> you and i have met first i was on a panel uh on a debate with your opponents for the primary and um very favorably impressed by you then uh, we've had uh, we've been on the air a couple of times together this is the third time and um i have um a very uh warm feeling about your uh willingness to take this job really seriously and thinking about constituents more than just the applicants for the job and as an attorney as uh, for for four and a half decades and as a citizen, I have just been very impressed with you. And um, I'm very hopeful that tonight um, you'll be celebrating. And I'll be celebrating with you. And I think many of our listeners are. And I'll so, be. Tara, and and I'll ahead. just add, I'll just, I'll be here on WHMP at 8 p.m. announcing the winners. So we hope we get, we announce your uh, name. We just hope we actually get results early enough tonight to know what the answer is. <laughs> Hopefully before 10 o'clock, we're going from 8 to 10, but uh, hopefully we'll know by then. I bet, fingers crossed. That's Because last, if you remember in the primary, we didn't learn until the next day at 11 a.m. That's true. Yeah, I remember. 
tonight uh, tonight is a good solid answer <laughs> so so you might have a uh, are you gonna sleep well tonight if that happens oh uh, you know i managed to sleep well that night so i you know i'm very i share i share that that the same sentiment that you know there's things that are outside your control and it doesn't do you any good to spend time worrying about them and so you know that night there was nothing i could do to move those those clerks to get their answer in earlier so i finally turned in when it was clear that we we're going to get no more results that night I slept fairly well for about six hours and then 7 a.m i was back refresh 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 <laughs> till we finally found out the answer but I'm, well, we're going to take a break and i just so i just want to re remind mm -hmm. listeners her name is tara jacobs she is running for governor's council it will say council on your ballot um that i want to remind everybody that john comerford is not related to uh senator joe comerford who has endorsed tara jacobs um she is a hard-working progressive woman who's committed to all sorts of diversity in our courts and our parole board and throughout society thank you so much for joining us today best of luck um and uh our fingers are crossed for you tara uh thanks buzz i look forward to talking to you again soon all right enjoy the rest of today and tonight we are going to take a break when we come back dan and i are going to talk more about this important day november 8th it will be historic and not just because the ceiling is shattering you can hear the glass falling right now in massachusetts but uh national prospects are uh, to say the least important and interesting we'll be right back after these messages this is the afternoon buzz with buzz eisenberg 101.5 whmp Buy a mattress online? There are at least a hundred websites that'll ship you a mattress rolled up like a burrito and stuffed in a box. Wait a minute. You and your mattress will spend seven or eight intimate hours together every night for years. Don't you need more than pixels to know what it actually feels like? Maybe you could just lay on the screen and... Hi, it's Robin from Talon Furniture. We mostly sell therapeutic mattresses at Talon. Not Tempur-Pedic, not trying to mislead you. Come to Talon Furniture and lay down on a Therapeutic. I'll leave you alone. You can see how you are together. Therapeutic mattresses are clean. No toxic off-gassing. I've been to the factory in Brockton. Yes, they're made by fellow Red Sox fans. You like eating local? Try sleeping local. Talon delivers and sets it up. We don't just drop a big burrito on your doorstep. You won't have to wrestle it through the kitchen or up the stairs. Talon Furniture, a real store, just down the hill from Amherst College. Families are getting slammed with rising prices while billionaire corporations are raking in record profits. Enough already. I took a stand against the big oil and big pharma companies that are ripping us off. House Democrats and I capped the cost of insulin at $35 per month for seniors and are working hard to put money back in your pocket. My priorities are clear. I fight for you and I don't take a cent of corporate PAC money. This is Jim McGovern, candidate for Congress. I approve this message and ask for your vote on Tuesday, November 8th paid for by the Re-Elect McGovern Committee. Eat more kale, says the bumper sticker. Why assume I'm not eating enough kale? If you eat at Paul and Elizabeth's, there's always kale. There's the Caesar salad with kale, with romaine, or both. There's the vegetarian platter, vegetables sauteed to perfection, including kale. Or just order a side of sauteed greens. Some people treat kale like one of those good for you but no one really likes it things. Maybe those people have never been to Paul and Elizabeth's restaurant. Inside Thorns in Northampton. Do you know what's happening this Friday at 9 a.m.? Is this week's Shop Friday, Hanger Pub and Grill? Correct! They go on sale this Friday at 9 a.m. Full value gift certificates and you save 30%. Famous for their amazing wings and beer, the Hanger Pub and Grill has multiple locations throughout Western Mass. The Hanger Wings paired with an Amherst Brewing beer is perfect before a game, after work, lunch. Check them out. Get ready to save 30% beginning Friday at 9 a.m. The Shop 30 store at whmp.com. 
nationally, statewide, and locally. What are the election results, and what do they mean for our community and the country? Join us for a continuation of our election coverage. That will be Wednesday at 9 o'clock. Bill Newman, weekdays at 9 and again at 5. WHMP News, Information, and the Arts. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. And we are back on this historic day, November 8th of 2022. Um, so, Dan, you voted early this morning. What about the questions? How did you vote? Yeah, Buzz, I voted for all the questions. I voted, uh, like Tara said, I voted yes, except I wanted to mention number three did confuse me, and I tend to follow politics closely, and I understand it 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 changes the number of licenses, alcohol licenses businesses can have, and I was confused about yes, yes for the changes. Does that mean more licenses to sell alcohol? Or I didn't quite understand that question. I really should have left that blank. But I voted yes anyways, because why not? Well, a lot of people have, have told us, recommended yes, and some have said no. And I think that you're, um, I think that probably here in Massachusetts, in terms of registered voters, there might be about 4.2 million of your closest friends who are also confused about, about what question three does. We have to break down question three into two different types of licenses. One type of license is just a beer and wine license. There is a specific license for that. And then another one that is all alcohol, which includes liquor, you know, hard, hard liquor, mm -hmm. alcohol. And what question three purports to do is to gradually increase the number of locations where a single vendor, a single company um, can sell beer or wine from nine locations, which it is right now to 18. That's a substantial increase mm. in the number of places. Um, you know, it doubles the number of places that one vendor can sell. So, uh, you know, we all think of Big Y and, you know, which has Table and Vine and, you know, that sort of thing. Um, it also, or, or Liquor 44, which, is, which tracks Stop and Shop, right? Or, mm -hmm. you know, those that have multiple. There, in a lot of states throughout the country, there is, I forget what they, they're called because um, I've heard it three or four times. It's this very large retailer of uh, beer and wine. They open up dozens and dozens and dozens throughout a state. And they're in like two thirds of the states in the union, I think. Um, and they're coming in, they're sort of like the Amazon of, of selling beer and wine. And they would like to open up a whole lot of wine stores in every state that they come into. This sort of limits them while expanding the number to nine from nine to 18. As for the hard alcohol, um, you know, th that will reduce the number that one company can sell hard alcohol from, from nine to seven. Right now, nine is for both the beer and wine and the hard alcohol. That would reduce to, to seven. And except if you're, if you already have eight or nine, because nine were allowed all alcohol licenses, you would be able to be grandfathered. So, um, so let me see. And it also had three. Go ahead. Yeah, so let me see if I understand what you're saying here. It would expand the number of locations that can sell uh, beer and wine, but it would limit the number of uh, licenses for all alcohol, meaning the hard liquor. Right, from nine down to seven. Nine it's not a huge seven. decrease, but yeah. it's a decrease unless you've already got eight or nine because you've already got it. Your grandfather clause would come into effect. But there's also three other rules changes. Okay, what are it, those? It will require all retailers to accept out-of-state driver's license for age verification. Before, now, currently, some retailers don't accept out-of-state driver's licenses because of the enforcement that's happened in the past um, where people have come in with fake IDs mm -hmm. saying that, you know, I've, I've got my Nebraska driver's license and vendor wouldn't recognize whether that's real or not. It would also ban all alcohol sales through self checkouts. So the people who go and check themselves out and just show somebody 
their ID, that's not going to suffice anymore. You have to go to a live cashier. Oh. And finally, it changes the formula to calculate the fines for stores that sell to minors or it oversell to intoxicated people. Um, and it also, those stores, when you calculate the fine mm -hmm. for like, say a big Y, it used to be just their alcohol sales that there would be a percentage of in terms of a fine. Now it will include food, gasoline. So it'll be a bigger hit for supermarkets which have alcohol mm. uh, licenses. So. So that, that's what, you know, a yes vote on question three is going to double the number of licenses for one company to sell beer or wine from nine to 18. It'll lower the number of all alcohol licenses from nine to seven. Uh, it'll, and it'll require retailers to be more vigilant in and, and with bigger fines mm. uh, at risk for enforcing, making sure that they... Uh, I don't. One part I, I don't like about it now that I look at it is the self checkout. Every time you do a self checkout, the attendant at the self checkout will come over to you and verify, excuse me, your license that you're a valid That's age. Right. So, I, you know, this thing about you can't take out the self checkout, it's like, oh man. You know, this is okay. Well, it might pass, it might not. I, either way, I'll live with it, but I don't. Uh, let me just comment what I've read about that, Dan. Yeah. Is when, when somebody, those people who watch the self checkout, mm -hmm. they're looking at six, eight, 10 machines, depending on where you're going, right? So they, they are, their attention is diverted among various people um, that are, that need their assistance for one reason or another. So then they can't really look at, a license as long as they should be able to if they're really trying to ensure that it's not a fake id so i, I think that's the theory yeah i get that that's the theory but you know what every cashier also either takes a look at it more carefully than others so it's like at this point why don't you create a machine that is there at the self-checkout that i can scan to verify that my license is real or not instead of having a human green light on the, you know, when you scan your little uh, driver's license, there's a green light. It says, yes, this is real. It's red, it's not, or whatever. It's, this is ridiculous. Sorry. Yeah. I, well, I'm sorry. I mean, that's just my counter to what you said, but I, I get it. Okay. No, it changes, no, it you, changes. You're absolutely right. You know, when I was a teenager in Atlanta, mm -hmm. oh. we used to pay a guy who sort of lived on the street mm -hmm. uh, to go in there and buy, buy a six pack for us. And we, you know, I think we used to pay a dollar fifty for the six pack, and then uh, twenty five cents got to keep. Oh my! So he give us a quarter change from our two dollars, and that's how we underage drinkers managed to pull Man, it off. So. And can I say though that back then twenty five dollars got you something though? Like you know that'd probably be at least a dollar today, <laughs> or, or dollar and a half. Twenty five cents. You mean? Yeah. Right. Right. So anyway. All right, so there's that, and then uh, you know, question one. I really hope that people voted yes for question one. That very minimal four percent tax for every dollar over one million dollars earned taxable income this year, for you know that four percent. That's four cents on the dollar. Only the money that's over a million dollars in income this year. Um, that uh, money is, uh, by terms of the question itself, has to go to public education and has to go for public infrastructure, highway and transportation. Yeah. And that's it. It does not go into the general funds. People's concerned that, oh, oh, that's going to be used for some other. It is not. It's used for public education and for um, for. Uh, transportation and, and infrastructure. And, and can so, I can I just quickly add that uh, Massachusetts, in most national rankings, is very low actually in its infrastructure rating. It's some of the best schools in the country, but its infrastructure rating is down towards the bottom. Um, you look at the T, you look at the highway, you look at roads and bridges, and I know we passed an infrastructure bill, but the state does need, you know, roads and infrastructure. So you know. 
whatever cost I think is added to that, I, I believe the infrastructure plus the investments in higher education are important for this area. Here, here. Yeah. Absolutely. So. I, I so agree. And, you know, we have over 630 bridges in Massachusetts that our uh, department, uh, DOT, Department of Transportation, is already certified as inadequate and wow. dangerous. Yeah. And um, we just, you know, we have a $50 billion budget and we can only bond out 10% of that for all the competing things, new libraries, new schools, new bridges. This is slated to bring in one, it's estimated between 1.2 and $2 billion. Of course, it depends on the economy and sure. how many people are going to, how many millionaires are going to make another million and how much they're going to pay in taxes. But if it raises 1.2 billion, let alone t completely 2 billion, that's a lot of money to spend to fix bridges and, and repair transits and, and uh, help us with our West East Railway. And the concern that, you know, some of these rich individuals who have investments, let's say in Boston, are going to flee to southern New Hampshire and leave Massachusetts altogether. It's like they're really going to give up the life of living in Boston for southern, no offense to southern New Hampshire, but come on, you know, it's like people live in the come state, on, they feel... Right. They feel attached to the state. They like all of what Boston offers or the suburbs in that area. They're not all of a sudden just going to flee the state, you know, as some people I think have have said uh, previously. Um, well, one, one friend of mine, when we were talking about exactly that, uh, a statement that someone made to him. And so my friend said, uh, let me get this straight. You're earning a million dollars a year. And, and let's say you earn another $100,000, you're going to have to pay $4,000 more in taxes on your $1,100,000 salary this year, earnings this year, and you're willing to leave the state rather than pay that $4,000, goodbye, you're, we you're, don't want you here. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> uh, that $4,000 would be eaten up in transportation costs anyways. It's like you're going to... Right. Now that you're living in Southern New York, and it's not like you're going to be paying no taxes living in another state. It doesn't seem excessive, uh, you know, as some like super high tax. But I think this is the kind of tactics of people who don't want this to be passed will try to 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 scare people from voting. I think so, you know, Dan, I'm so immersed in our conversation. I we got to take a break. We have to take a break. Yes. Well, let's do that. We'll be back talking electoral stuff right after these messages. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. Raise up your voice and vote for Mr. Rhythm, the people's choice. Now the latest from WHMP, I'm Monty Belmonte, in for Jess Tyler. It's election day, and while many Massachusetts politicos expect Maura Healy to win the governor's seat, it's the ballot questions that could drive people to the polls today. Question one, which would provide an estimated $2 billion in annual revenue dedicated to public schools and transportation, is called the Fair Share Amendment and is an additional tax on people making over a million dollars in income a year. Question two, a ballot question regulates dental insurance billing practices. And question three, caps the number of liquor licenses any one company can own. Question four is the Work and Family Mobility Act, making licenses available to anyone in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts of age, regardless of immigration status. Listen to live election coverage. Coverage tonight starting at 8 p.m. with WHMP's Bill Newman, Natalia Munoz, Bill Dwight, Dan Torres, and Sarah Robertson. Construction for the new Greenfield Fire Station on Main Street is set to break ground Monday, November 14th. Northampton-based D.A. Sullivan & Sons is the general contractor, and the budget for the project now totals $21.7 million. The sum includes the funding for the temporary fire station as well as the construction and furnishing of the new building. Mayor Roxanne Wiedegardner, Greenfield Fire Chief Robert Strahan, Members from the Fire Station Building Committee and other officials will participate in the groundbreaking ceremony at 11 on the 14th. Meanwhile, the Greenfield Historical Commission has examined the possibility of removing the 1955 addition to the Greenfield Public Library. 
Members of the Historical Commission believe removing the addition would make the building more consistent in style with its historic value. However, Mayor Wiedegardner said she would not support removing the addition with city funds. Hi, I'm Nick Oresco. Clear tonight with lows in the upper 20s to low 30s. Mostly sunny tomorrow with highs in the low to mid 50s. I'm Nick Oresco on 101.5 WHMP. 101.5, and 12.40 WHMP. The Western Mass Business Show with local dynamo Tara Brewster. Saturdays at 11 and Sundays at 2. Only on WHMP. Brought to you by Greenfield Savings Bank with offices all throughout Hampshire and Franklin counties. Greenfieldsavings.com. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster. WHMP. The music of John Coltrane and Alice Coltrane, made new by rising young jazz lioness Lakeisha Benjamin. Lakeisha Benjamin, a charismatic and dynamic young jazz sax player, brings her band to UMass November 17th. Benjamin's new album, Pursuance, The Coltrane's, is an intergenerational masterwork, taking you on a journey through the lineage of jazz. Lakeisha Benjamin infuses the jazz tradition with touches of hip-hop and soul, producing soaring sonic adventures and dance floor-worthy rhythms and grooves. For tickets, UMass Fine Arts Center website. Don't miss this exciting exploration of the living art form that is jazz. The Lakeisha Benjamin Quartet, Thursday, November 17th, 7.30, Bowker Auditorium at UMass. There goes the lights, go ahead, you're on the air. When Radio Was relives the golden age of radio. Do you ever listen to the radio? Oh, I might tune in one of those comedy programs occasionally. Can't you see anything at all under that blindfold? Well, on a clear day, I can see the blindfold. You can. Yeah. I'm Greg Bell, and join me with a switch of a dial. When Radio Was. Brings you a whole world at your command. When Radio Was. Right here, Sunday night from 8 to 10 on 101.5 WHMP. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. Welcome back on Election Day, midterm elections and 2022 elections here in Massachusetts. And Dan and I have just been talking about the questions. We've been thinking and talking about the questions a lot these last few weeks. I don't think we can talk about them enough. Some of them are really important. Question two is important. For those people who are lucky enough to have any kind of dental insurance and question two will require if passed dental insurers to spend at least 83 percent of the premiums on patient care whereas now you know uh, we've, we've seen some statistics that one in every three dollars in premiums is going to patient care the other 230 two-thirds is going to uh you know uh, management salaries and administrative costs and it means that dental plans, like every other insurer in Massachusetts, will have to um, register with and be regulated by the Division of Insurance, which is a really good thing. The, um, you know, the, uh, there, there is a lot of scare being sort of disseminated by, by insurers here in Massachusetts that carry dental insurance, they're saying the premiums are going to increase and all of it is not true by everything that I've read and everyone that I've talked to. And on the air, we've had the person that wrote the, um, the uh, actual question with his lawyer. And we also have had the person who wrote the information for voters in the, um, uh, the the thing that's distributed by the Secretary of State, the uh, red ballot uh, book that explains the question. So I think we're getting good information. I definitely voted yes on two, and so did Dan. Dan, question four is run one that really runs dear to my heart. It is the, uh, as Joe Comerford, as the senator says, this is really about safe roads and highways and it asks whether or not voters want to uphold the law that's been passed twice 
by both chambers of Massachusetts by a supermajority, the governor's veto was overridden. It would allow immigrants who are here illegally or legally to apply for a Massachusetts driver's license. Um, it will allow them to obtain a driver's license, providing that they have two documents to prove their identity, such as a foreign passport or a birth certificate or a marriage certificate. It will ensure that um, they may not vote. They're not going to be registered to vote under the state law that registers people who have driver's license who are voting age. Well, that can't, couldn't happen in these cases. That's one people thing that people are concerned. But also, it assures that every driver in Massachusetts is insured. So if you're struck by somebody who's trying to maintain a job, employment, to feed their family, or send money back to their family in another country, if they're driving unlawfully and uninsured, you are in big trouble if you're injured in such an accident. Well, here, in order to get a driver's license, they must be insured. There must be proof of insurance. Yeah. So it is, um, it's Just, really, it's called safer roads. Right. I actually think this one is connected uh, to a lot of things that are going to be happening nationally in the country. feel like if you really believe some of the polling, which we shouldn't always trust, but if you believe some of the polling, a lot of conservatives are really excited to go out there and vote. This one is the one, Buzz, that I think I, I saw maybe some recent polling that was very, very, very close. It could tilt either way. And if there is a strong turnout today for uh, among Republicans, um, this one is the one of the four that I, I'm just saying as a personal level that I wouldn't be shocked if it got voted down very tightly but I wouldn't be surprised if the national trends uh, do pan out. And we don't know that to be true. So if people care about this issue, people believe in this issue, they should go out there and vote. Vote now. Yeah. The polls are still open as you're listening to this because the polling is almost, I think it was 51-49 um, in favor So wow. for, for the question four. So again... Uh, in a non-presidential year, you have this on a ballot. And this is really interesting for democracy in some ways where you see the state legislatures, our, our representatives voting one way, willing to even override Baker's veto, which he has done previously. But now the voters get to decide. And, and you see that tension between sort of the representative side of democracy and, and the state citizens and citizenry and how those can sometimes clash. Um, so it should be interesting to see what will happen. It is, it is going to be interesting and I'm, I'm never good at prognosticating, so I don't. And I know that you're probably right because I know you keep track of those things. Just if any listeners, we're going to have to take a break before we do. Um, if you care about question four and somebody's telling you why they would vote against it, you should point out to them that, over 60 law enforcement agencies statewide have endorsed question four because they don't want to be punishing people who are trying to make a living and need to drive in order to make a living and are otherwise competent drivers able to pass a test. Especially for those who are living out. out there over 17, 17 other states have passed very similar laws and they've seen a great decline in uninsured drivers and not unimportantly in hit and run crashes. Because if an immigrant is afraid to stick around in an accident, even if they're not at fault, because they don't have a driver's license or because they're afraid of the immigration consequences, well, here they can have the security of sticking around. They know the law, and we won't have as many hit and run. Um, not unimportant. It was just two weeks ago when we had a child injured in a hit and run in Hadley. It, um, we don't know who did it, or at least I don't know who did it. But... Um, Anyway, question four, I'm a huge, huge advocate. Please, just like our legislators have implored us to do, let's pass question four. We're going to take a break. We're going to be back. Dan and I are going to continue talking about this historic election day here in Massachusetts and across the country right after these messages. Join us again. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. Local politics is what we do best. Listen to live election night coverage this Tuesday at 8, right after the polls close. Join WHMP's Bill Newman, 
Dan Torres, Sarah Robertson, and a host of special guests as we break down all the local elections as the results come in. Follow all the local elections right here on WHMP. The early bird gets the turkey and 10 bucks. Go to the River Valley Co-op website and order your turkey. When you pick it up, you'll get a coupon for $10 off your next $50 purchase. River Valley Co-op, local turkeys from Stonewood Farm, Misty Knoll, and Diamond Farm. Organic turkeys and kosher turkeys too. Order by November 13th. When you pick up, get $10 off your next $50 purchase. A delicious bargain. River Valley Co-op in Northampton and East Hampton. Wild about local and turkeys. If your Spanish-speaking employees spoke better English, would that be good for business? If your English-speaking employees spoke a little Spanish, would that be good for business? The International Language Institute delivers workplace language training, improving communication among coworkers and with customers. You get financial assistance with Massachusetts Workplace Training Express Fund. They cover 50 to 100% of the cost. So let's get going. Call or email the International Language Institute in downtown Northampton. Junior Achievement of Western Massachusetts helps prepare young people for real-world career and financial success. As we enter the season of giving, thank you for considering a gift to Junior Achievement. Throughout November, when you make a donation of $25 or more to JA of Western Massachusetts, you will be entered into a raffle for a pair of Boston Bruins Winter Classic tickets at Fenway Park. To make a donation, visit jawm.org forward slash donate to make a gift you can be proud of. Cricket Wireless is offering consumers a chance to try its service without switching from their current provider. The company has launched its Try Cricket app in the Apple App Store that uses technology called eSIM, which allows consumers to switch services without having to switch out a SIM card. Kia America is again recalling nearly 72,000 2008 and 09 Sportages that were recalled in 2016. An engine compartment fire originating from around the hydraulic electric control unit may occur. This could happen while the vehicle is being driven or is parked, posing a risk of injury. Energy experts say there's little chance the U.S. will run out of diesel fuel in the next month in spite of a recent warning by the Energy Information Administration that supplies are near record lows. That said, industry experts say shortages will likely fuel inflation. I'm Mark Huffman. Learn more at ConsumerAffairs.com. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. And we are back, and Dan Torres and I are sort of um, uh, talking about this important election day. Um, and uh, the early voting happened uh, extremely successfully uh, this year by all accounts, uh, including in the, here in the Hilltowns. Um, we just hear from town clerk after town clerk that there's um, many, many, many uh, ballots were cast by early votes. I want to talk a little bit about the gubernatorial race here. We have our Attorney General, Mara Healy, as a Democratic candidate. We have uh, the Republican, Jeff Deal, who is running against her, and the Libertarian, Kevin Reed, who is uh, running with his Lieutenant Governor, running mate, Peter Everett. So um, you were talking to me about the gubernatorial, the strange history of governorships. Yeah, Massachusetts. But so I've lived in the state uh, basically since 1989 and on. And the only years that a Democrat was elected governor was Deval Patrick, 2007 to 2015. And all the other years since 1989, since I've lived here, um, have been Republicans, which has always been so... Uh, I can't understand it or explain it to other people. So... I've always struggled to make sense of a state that is overwhelmingly democratic. The the state legislatures are uh, are the Senate and the House are dominated by the Democrats, and yet uh, the the state then decides, hey, let's split it. They want split government, and I believe very strongly, if you believe the polls, that Maura Healy is going to do really well tonight, and and be the first governor um, uh, uh, as a Democrat since Deval Patrick. So that seems um, really exciting and, and different. I think it will add a dynamic of d 
Democrats working with Democrats towards Democratic goals. You have a set of policies. Now you don't have to try to negotiate with Baker and make deals. Hopefully, the Democratic family can find common ground and and make big investments and goals and achieve things that the Commonwealth was set up for, right? We're a Commonwealth of Massachusetts. We have to bring it together and implement those ideas. Now, the Democrats being in power, all the branches, hopefully this can happen. Hopefully this can happen. Yeah, obviously as a progressive, I'm very much looking forward to, uh, you know, as, as frightening as what's happening on the national level is, there's real promise uh, of having um, Democrats in control and compassionate. Now, of course, it's so much easier when the economy is doing well, when we have a surplus like we have in recent years. Yeah. Um, but, it, it, you know, we're, we're getting these forecasts that are a little scary and whether or not a uh, Democratic agenda is going to be achievable. But, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I also think, you know, what's happening nationally with the Republican Party is clearly affecting the Republican Party within Massachusetts. You saw that in the primary, they elected the more Trump-designated candidate to run. It was very tight. It was very close. It was very split, um, which is interesting. Um, and and as the more moderate Republican candidate said, is you won't win statewide in Massachusetts to run for governor deal. And that's why he was running against deal. Sorry, I forgot his name. But it shows you, too. yeah, sorry, but either way, it shows you <laughs> the, the sort of divisions that happened because maybe the more moderate Republican candidate would have made the governor uh, election a lot more competitive um, statewide. So it's, it's exciting to see, but we'll see nationally. And again, we can't predict what will happen on any of these votes. We're just going to be at this point, you know, counting ballots and, and discussing the implications of what happened. Right, right. But I think you know the. Um, I, I I I really want to answer your question about why it is that we so heavily elect a delegation of Democrat to represent us in Congress and in our state house legislature, but that we have this. I mean, Baker, Romney, Swift, Salucci, Weld. You just keep going back, and there's the Republicans. It's, one of the great mysteries, it's like, I can never figure out how George Conway and Kellyanne Conway <laughs> remain married. I just don't get it. Well, I don't get why we do this Republican. Oh, Buzz, there's, there's a lot of reasons for that, I'm sure. You know, it makes, it, makes th- it makes Thanksgiving a lot more interesting when that happens, Buzz. Let me say that, okay? <laughs> that is certainly true. Anybody knows that to be true, okay? Those Thanksgiving well, dinners are, are a lot of fun. Yeah, you can watch the pecan pie thrown at each other. (laughs) That's great. I think that we're about out of time, aren't we? We are. Listen, everybody, if you haven't voted, you have three more hours here in Massachusetts to get to the polls by 8 o'clock. Never has it been more important that you vote. Get out there and vote, however you're going to vote. And uh, Dan... Yes. Can't wait to talk about we'll uh, talk a about it wrap up of the election tomorrow. Yes, absolutely. Right here on the afternoon buzz. All right. Talk to you at four o'clock. This is the afternoon buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 1015 WHMP. When it's happening here in the Valley, we're talking about it. We have a very unique and lethal combination of emboldened white supremacy in this country and unfettered access to guns. We need to keep talking about the intersection of white supremacy and guns. Guns are used Live in, in order local to news and know, talk for Northampton and the Valley since 1950. WHMP Northampton. WHMQ Greenfield. A Northampton Radio Group Station.